0: Well, hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Crystal Sparks. And if you've never been here before, hey, welcome to my channel. Um, I'm so glad that you are here. Maybe somebody shared it with you. Maybe you saw it on social media, or perhaps you just stumbled across it. Uh, My channel's goal is this is to help grow your faith and to help equip you to accomplish your dreams and your goals. Be sure and hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on anything happening over here on my channel. So hey, with all that said, let's jump into today's content we're going to be talking about the thing about calling the thing about calling and I think that you're gonna get a lot out of today you know one of my favorite uh, scriptures like I love so much is first and second Samuel um, I love those books in the Bible because uh, it tells about the story of David and just a quick uh, short, plug that if you've never read 1st and 2nd Samuel a great thing to do is to jump over to 1st Chronicles and the first 7 chapters i believe is all a genealogy of David but then beyond there, it's super good because it's going to give you, it's kind of like the spark notes of everything that happens in First uh, and Second Samuel. And so it kind of gives you a brief overview of everything. And so then that way, whenever you read First and Second Samuel, it doesn't seem so overwhelming. So just like a quick little tip for you, if you're just starting to read your Bible or wanting to understand scripture better, um, that is a great thing to do. So a few things about your calling. Um, the first, thing I want to tell you is that you are called, that you are called and you don't get to choose how you are called, um I love in First Samuel, we see it in chapter sixteen. Uh, the prophet Samuel shows up to uh, Jesse's house and he informs him that one of his sons are going to be uh, anointed as the next king, and he goes through all the sons and he looks at Jesse and he says "There is there another son? Is there somebody else?" And Jesse the father goes, "Oh yeah, there's that son of ours, um David, but he's out in the field." Thank <laughs> you. And see, here's the thing about calling is you don't get to choose how you're called. And for David, I don't know about you guys, but like, I would picture this amazing way that I would get called by God. It wouldn't look like that. And in fact, I would just say that for most people in the Bible that get called, it didn't happen in this beautiful, magnificent way. I think sometimes we picture it, uh, we romanticize the calling, right? We think, oh man, if I'm called by God, then it's going to look like this and we fall in love with how God will call us but the truth is is that when we're called by God we don't get to choose how and what it looks like um, in fact you think about Saul um, who later became known as Paul, he was blinded while walking on a road. He gets blinded by this bright light and all of a sudden Jesus begins to speak to him and his life's forever changed. How about Moses? Moses is out and he's hiding on the backside of a desert because he had killed somebody. He was a murderer, come on. And all of a sudden God shows up in a burning bush. So I just want to remind you that when you're called, you don't get to choose how you're called. You don't get to choose how God's God's going to show up. And I think this, that God loves to use the space we think is least likely to is the space that he loves to call us in and and that's exactly what we see happening David was just doing an ordinary day he was just living his life in an ordinary way and he was in the field Moses was living his life in an ordinary way he was keeping his father-in-law's sheep Uh, Saul was just out on an ordinary day of running errands and what I love is that every single person even when you see Peter in the Bible your Bible says that he was washing his nets he was mending his nets after a day of catching nothing. But what I think is so cool is that every single one of them were just being faithful where God had them. And when you're called, God is going to show up in an area where you're just being faithful in the ordinary. And I think a lot of us, we think calling equals spectacular. That there's like, we're not called until we're doing something amazing or flashy or um, something that has us like, oh my gosh, like people like looking at us like, you're so amazing. But the truth is, is that. That God shows up to every person in the Bible when they're just doing the ordinary. When they are just being faithful in the place that God has them. Um, I would just challenge you this. I, I talk to people all the time that we think about this. You think about whenever, remember in English how you learned about who, what, when, where, why. Whenever writing something, who, what, when, where, why. I think when it comes to calling, that who we're called to is more important than what we're doing. Come on. And when or where, and then comes our why. And a lot of us, when it comes to calling, we're trying to find why we're here on this earth. But in God's kingdom, who we're called to is more important. You got to think, David was called to Jesse, even though Jesse, his father, was terrible to him. He didn't treat him well. In fact, uh, most theologians and commentaries you would read would tell you that they think that David was abused much of his childhood, and yet he was faithful to Jesse. Um, We see Moses was faithful to his brother-in-law. We see these people who were faithful to a person, and I think who you're called to is more important important than why your purpose is here on this earth. See, it's when we find our who, then it determines our when and our where and our why. And so I think a lot of people are trying to figure out their calling backwards. They're like, God, what did you put me here for? Why am I here? And then I'll figure out where I'm supposed to go and who I'm supposed to do it with. But God works the reverse. He calls you to a person. In fact, even Saul, whenever he gets called, uh, God shows up to him. Jesus shows up up to him. And and Saul asked this first question. He said, what am I supposed to do? See, he knew that with calling comes an assignment. But Jesus didn't tell him what he was supposed to do. He told him who he was supposed to go to, right? He called him first to Ananias. And in him finding Ananias and being tied to Ananias is where he got his calling from next. And I think that so often we're trying to figure out what we're supposed to do first and not asking God Who do you want me to serve? I I can say this, that in my life, um, whenever God called me, it was because I was there. I was serving uh, my pastor, uh, Brian's dad, at the time. And we were serving in a church that was about 100 people whenever God called me. And I was just being faithful to what God had called us to do. I was just being faithful with whatever he had in front of us. And there in that season, God was grooming me and preparing me for where I'm at today. And I think a lot of times we want God to give us the thing and then we'll be faithful. And I will say this, that I would rather spend my life being devoted to somebody than to have five years at this place and five years in this place, because every time you uproot yourself out of somewhere and you replant yourself somewhere else, you're restarting the process all over again. And in God's kingdom, who you are called to is more important than what or why you're here on this uh, this earth. And even Paul, some would say he spent three years there learning before he ever did anything. So here's the thing is that a lot of us are so anxious to start something for God and do something great for God. Maybe what God's wanting you to do, come on somebody, is just be faithful. And in you being faithful to the person that God's connected you with, then all of a sudden a fruit will begin to come in your life. So uh, the first thing about being called is you don't get to choose how you're called. Uh, Number two. You don't get to choose where you're called. Um, God immediately sent them to the place of their deepest pain. You think about Moses. Moses was deeply wounded by the Egyptian people and that's exactly where God wanted to send him. David was deeply wounded by his brothers and his dad and yet he walked into that living room and stood before them as the prophet Samuel poured out the oil and anointed him as the next king. Every single one of them, you think, even saw god sent him to the people that he had been persecuting the people of his deepest pain see god always wants to use you in the area of your deepest pain i will say an indicator of what god's going to do in your life is look back to the areas of your life where you have been the most deeply wounded um a dear friend of mine i love her so much and uh, she was abused as a child and um it was absolutely awful what happened to her in her childhood. And now today I love because she's an advocate for Casa kids and she loves it so much. And it's a deep passion of hers. And she uh, serves a lot in our kids area and has got such a heart for reaching uh, kids, especially elementary age kids. The reason why is part of her being called is God used the place of her deepest pain as part of her calling. And see, David had no idea what was happening whenever he got summons. He had had no idea that God was about to put a mark of approval on him in front of the very people who hated him the most. Uh, The next thing I want to tell you about your calling is you don't get to choose who calls you. You don't get to choose who calls you. And so I'm saying that to say this, is that the most unlikely people are going to be the people who God uses to open up your calling. The people that seem the most unlikely. Saul was persecuting Christians. He was the one that was going out and beating and murdering Christians. And yet here God uses Christians to unlock his potential on the inside of him. And here uh, David is and he thinks you think about his brother those are the people who were terrible to him and yet God uses his brothers being in battle and David goes cuz his dad sends him to be a cheese boy delivery literally he was the first like pizza hut come on and he takes food to the battle line but because of his brothers being on the battle line it unlocked the potential on the inside of him that made him stand before Goliath and you even think about it that Samuel The prophet that anointed David had no idea who David was. And just moments before that, God speaks directly to Samuel and tells him exactly where to go and who to call to anoint as the next king. And I say that to say this, that God knows how to bring the right people in your life. God knows how to bring the most unlikely of people into your life that will unlock the potential on the inside of you. And so, so many times I know for me, i thought in my life, gosh, if I was going to write out my story on how I was going to be quote unquote discovered, or God was going to blow up my platform, this is how it would be. And this is how it would happen. And I'll just say this, that God's not limited by your plan. Um, He's so much bigger than that. In fact, Brian and I were talking about, I don't know if you guys have seen the TikTok that went viral with um, cranberry juice with dog face, and he's uh, drinking the cranberry juice and he's riding on a longboard. And Brian goes, I don't know really why that video blew up. I mean, there's nothing really spectacular about it. And I was like, you know, sometimes it's just about having the right content at the right time with the right people seeing it. And I say that to say this, that when God's ready, you better get ready. Because when God's ready to open up every line for you, just be ready. Be ready for it because God can have explosive growth show up in your life at any moment. And he will use the most unlikely of people to do it. So how do we live this out? Uh, I think there's four things. Number one is we have to stop limiting where and how God will use us we have to stop limiting where and how God will use us you know one of the things I've learned from my counselor is that every time that we say I will never do fill in the blank what we're doing is we're attempting to make an avow with the enemy and instead what we should say is I really don't want to do this But whenever we vow things, like I will never blah, blah, I remember forever we had said that we would never plant a church, and now here we are in uh, Cattle Mills, Texas, and uh, we planted a church. Uh, Almost seven years ago, we moved to uh, to Royce City to plant this church, and so um, I think we have to stop limiting where and how God will use us. Usually the area that you swear that you'll never go or you'll never do is the area that God's going to call you. to. So I want to challenge you this. Take the limits off of God. Take the limits off of how he will use us. Um, I remember whenever I walked through everything um, with Brian's Uncle John in the last few months, um, I was really praying. And the Lord just told me, he said, Crystal, um, whenever people would come into the tabernacle. You know, in the Old Testament, when you wanted to um, come into the presence of God, the first thing you would have to do is there was an altar right when you walked in the door, and you would have to put whatever it was on the altar before you could proceed. And whenever it was put onto the altar, they would light it on fire to, to represent that it was completely um, gone. It's out of your control, and it was um, paying for your sins and your wrongdoing. But every time you came into the presence of God it would cost you something it would mean that you have to give up something and I think that with our life that every time we want to go to a new level in God it's going to cost us something it's going to cost us giving up our pride it's going to cost us giving up control for some of us it costs us um, having the right to always say our story and say what's happened to us or to um, hold on to an offense or a wrongdoing and so I wanted to, ch- to challenge you that if for you to really move forward in God, there's some things, maybe for some of you, you need to put your calendar on the altar and say, God, I give you control of it. Um, I'm going to stop limiting how you will use me. Uh, number two is to begin to release any people that you hold animosity with. Release any people that you hold animosity with. I've literally watched uh, this year God do so many amazing things. You know, in my past, I had a lot of hurtful things that happened to me from people that I truly believe um, they didn't realize what they were doing at the time was so hurtful. And I could have fought and defended for myself and told everybody about, you know, how they did me wrong and all the things that happened. But I chose to be quiet because I've learned this, that either God's our defense or I'm my defense. And so I've just quietly let God be my defender. And I've literally watched this year as God brought those people into my life. And now they speak so well of me, and God's completely uh, redeemed those relationships and turned things around that I thought was absolutely impossible for so long. And I say that to say this, that sometimes the people that you feel like have hurt you are actually going to be the keys to your destiny. And if you would let go of the hurt and the pain, then all of a sudden God can open up the next season for you. And I know I've learned this, you know, throughout this season is that sometimes I don't need to tell my side of the story. I just need to live it out and let God defend me. And I don't need to tell, you know, why I was right or why I was hurt or why what happened to me was wrong. Sometimes the best measure of defense is just to be quiet. Let God work it all out. He always does in time. Number three, how to live this out. Daily declarations. Daily declarations, it's so important for us to daily declare what God says about us. To daily declare what God says about our calling and our purpose. See, the more we say something, the more we believe it and the more we begin to receive it. And I know for me and my life, um, when I have limiting talk come out of my mouth, it's always a reflection of what's been stirring in my heart. And it's in turn what I've been receiving in my life. And so if we want to change what we're seeing in our life, we have to change what we're saying and what we're believing. And sometimes we have to say it before we ever believe it. And the more we say it, the more it gets begins to get settled down in our hearts of what we believe. And so saying things on purpose is so important to help shape. Um, our calling helped change the way um, we see ourselves. And number four, receive and don't apologize. Receive and don't apologize. You know, I think for some reason, we feel like we have to apologize for our gifting, apologize uh, for our calling, apologize for our place and where God's called us to be. And I want to tell you that Moses and David and Saul... All the people that did great things for God did not live their life apologizing for the space they were taking up. And I was talking to a friend just this morning and I told her this, that you don't have to live your life being small to make others feel better. And I think somewhere in our psyche, we feel like we have to apologize for our calling. We have to downplay our giftedness. We have to downplay our place in the kingdom. And it's almost like we—it's what it is, honestly, is false humility, which is pride. And instead, what if we didn't apologize for our gifting? What if we didn't apologize for our calling? What if we were unapologetic about the things that God called us to do? And instead of downplaying our talents or our strengths, um, we begin to say, hey, I'm really good at this. Like, I'm really good at fill in the blank. Um, a person that really helped me out with this is Allison Faulkner. And I love how much she would say that she would say, I'm really good at fill in the blank. And the more I heard her, I would be like, oh my gosh, she is really good at that. And in hearing her say and brag on herself, um, it began to give me permission to do the same thing. And nothing grieves my heart more than when my kids talk bad about themselves, when they say, I'm not talented, or I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not fill in the blank. It grieves my heart. And I want to challenge you this. Think about how much more it grieves God's heart when we begin to downplay our giftedness, when he put all the gifting, all the talent, all the resources we need on the inside of us, and then he hears us have conversations that are belittling our gifts, belittling our talents, and trying to act small. Let me tell you, nothing about you is small. God put big gifts, big talents on the inside of you, not for you to live your life in a small way. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, um, I believe it's in Colossians, and it's in the message translations, and it says, Dear, dear Corinthians. Uh, uh, yes, it's Corinthians. uh, uh I didn't call you to a small life, but you're living it in a small way. And I love that scripture because it always reminds me that the small life that we are living isn't the God life. One of my favorite things that Uncle John uh, said uh, over me one time in my life, I love this, is he said, You are stronger than the strongest adversary bigger than the biggest obstacle. You are better equipped than the best equipped army. You are wiser than the wisest scheme of the devil. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, what if we began to live our lives that way, that we received everything that God said about us and we stopped apologizing for it, stopped trying to live our lives in a small way. So, hey, I hope you got something out of this. Uh, If you did, be sure to share it with somebody. Sharing is caring. And the best way to get the word out about my podcast is for you to take a moment, take like literally 30 seconds, share this with a friend, maybe share it on social media, um, send it via text message to somebody you love and help me get the word out so I can help others. If you haven't done so already, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on anything happening over here on my channel. So hey, let's do something awesome for God this week.